Hey there, Fat Guy Forum fans. A huge Happy New Year as we enter 2022. And I'm excited that you're still listening to the show. If you'd like to support us, you can do a couple of things. First, if you're an Apple user or you use Spotify, you can rate and review the podcast there to get us in front of more people. Also, you can use the support links in the show notes to purchase products, get a discount for yourself, generate some income for the show, or you can join the Patreon. And there's some cool stuff coming with the Patreon I will be announcing very soon. I know I've said it before, but this time it's really happening. So I'm just excited for all that's to come in this year. Thank you so much for being a part of this adventure. And on to the show. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gourmet, and I am happy to be with you once again. Bringing yet another story. There's so many out there. And hey, I always want to throw it out there. If you're someone out there listening who's like, you know what? I'm a guy who would really like to tell his story or, you know, connect. You can always reach out to me and I'll be glad to have you on the show. So just reach out to me through Instagram. You can email the show. We'll talk about all that at the end. But while it's in my head, I wanted to throw that out there. Today's guest, I found him on Instagram like I do a lot of people. Uh, His name is Zach. And Zach, I'm excited to have you with me today. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thank you. Good. I'm glad you're here, man. Let's not keep the people from your story. Let's let's get into it, man. Tell us what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum. Well, uh, in terms of being a fat guy, I was a fat guy mm-hmm. my whole life. Uh, kind of identified as a fat guy for a long time. Now I'm trying to identify as the quote unquote fit dad. So, um, kind of you know went through went through life under that um, fat guy persona and. I was the kind that kind of leaned into it, and that was that was my whole gig. And realized after uh, after my daughter was was about to be born that you know being a fat guy is 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 all good and all like there's nothing wrong with it, but um, you know ha- having poor health is is just not responsible for for a father. So had to change that up, and then fell in love with fitness. So awesome. Well, man, take us back into the beginning. Then did you grow up a big kid? Like where do, where do you think all of your your issues started. So I've done a lot of self-reflection and I, and yeah, I, t- I totally grew up as a big kid. Um, kind of my whole life I've, I've been the bigger guy. I'm, I'm also kind of tall too. I'm six one. So like, I'm not super tall, but I, I'm a big guy. Even, even now that I'm thinner, I'm still very much a large person. Um, but kind of growing up, I have, I have, uh, ADHD and I hope that it doesn't show too well during this podcast, but uh, one of the things that go along with ADHD is kind of just uh, like a compulsion. So um, I, I'm kind of a compulsive binge eater, and uh, it kind of helps me soothe things. And, and I don't I don't really like doing it very often, obviously, because it's just not healthy. But when I was younger, I, I leaned into it quite a bit, especially during stressful times. So, um, but yeah, growing up, I was always the bigger guy. Um, I kind of liked being the bigger guy. I was always big and strong, but um, after high school, you know, going through college, um, I chose engineering as a major, and engineering school is is just highly, highly stressful, and, and I, I gained about 100 pounds um, just in college alone, and I was already in the 300s, so but by the time I started my, my full-on weight loss journey, I was, I was in like the four... I know the highest I ever measured was 411. However, I, I'm very, very positive that I was probably somewhere in the 420s, 430s at some point in my life. So, um, very, very large and, and unhealthy. Um, woke up 
I, I kept waking up from sleep apnea, uh, where I'd, I'd wake up with such bad migraine headaches from, from not being able to breathe that I would throw up. And, uh, you know, I was scared. My wife was scared. My wife was pregnant and it just wasn't responsible. Um, a little bit more background and kind of why it hit me so heavy. So my, uh, my dad died when I was three months old and he, uh, he died of cancer. So it was nothing that he could, he, 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 he couldn't do anything about it. Right. So, um, it was something that that came and and he couldn't do anything about it. He obviously tried to get treated and whatnot. And, and I'm, I'm talking as the third person because I, I wasn't there other than, you know, being a, a suckling baby, but kind of thought to myself and did a lot of introspection and, and figured, you know, I know what it was like to grow up without a dad. And it was something that, that he couldn't, um, he couldn't change. Why would I want to have my children w- uh, grow up without a dad? because I like to eat. So it just it wasn't fair to them and it wasn't fair to me or my wife. So that, that was ultimately the reason that I decided to, to change my ways. And before that point, had you attempted diets before? Was that a part of your life? Oh yeah. Um, I, I, I had dieted and, and I'd been moderately successful or mildly successful, maybe is a better way to say, um, multiple times throughout my life. Um, I even remember when I was, must have been sixth or seventh grade, first time in tackle football, the maximum weight was 180 pounds. So I, what was I like, 10 or 11? Maximum weight was 180 pounds. I was 185 pounds. And, um, I think that that was probably my first legit diet was to be able to play football. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so there, there was a lot of, a lot of shame there with weight as well, but that was kind of in the back of my head. No, I, th- I think that makes sense, uh, man. Uh, when you look at, at those attempts and, and kind of how your life developed, like, have you thought about what really drove the relationship with food that you developed? You know, you talked about, you know, binge eating and emotional eating, you know, where have you thought about kind of, because I think it's a question a lot of us ask, you know, like, where did this come from? And sometimes we get an answer and sometimes we don't. And sometimes we get 15 answers that add up. Like where, when you think about that, like, what do you, what do you think about for you? I think that it's, I'm, I'm, I really, really like food. (laughs) And I know everybody likes food, but, uh, like I, I would even almost categorize myself as like a quote unquote foodie kind of person. I love to cook. I love to eat really good food. And um, it, so I, I, I still love food to this day. It's, it's one of my passions. So, and which is kind of funny that I have a food addiction and I'm also very passionate about food. So I have to be really careful about that. But I would say that kind of the addition of, of just being very into food and passionate about food along with, with having that unhealthy relationship in terms of like binge eating and not being able to regulate my intake is kind of where it, where it lies. And there, there's possibly some psychological things there as well. Like I was saying with my ADHD. So. Yeah, I think that makes sense, man. Dopamine receptors. Oh, a hundred percent. You know, I mean, that's, you, you can look at, you can see that it's all over the internet, you know, like the, there's, you know, the brain scans of, of how different foods hit people's, you know, hit the centers of people's brains the same way drugs do. Like, 
you know, there's, there's, a, there's a lot there that I think a lot of people can relate to. And I, and I think that idea of being a foodie that has a food addiction is something that a lot of other people can relate to as well. I know I relate to it really well. Like, I think it's something that a lot of people go through. Like, I think there's this conception that, you know, people who are um, significantly overweight got there just because they ate McDonald's, you know, and all they, all they cared <laughs> right, about right, you know, no. was, was, was that. And it's like, well, no, like, you know, I used to say that I was, you know, a gourmet fat guy. Like, you know, I, I would be just as likely to have, you know, fast food as I was to research a recipe for a month before I test it out and like all of those things. Like, um, I, I think that makes a lot of sense, man. Like, so when you d- made that decision that you needed to make a change, you know, you had that, you know, realization of all of those things adding up and the impending birth of, of your child and all of that really kind of shifting your perspective. What path did you take? Like, how did you get started? So I got started um, after one of my my very, very good friends kind of gave me a kick, and he also showed me that it was possible. So he and I both have been big our whole lives, um, and he, uh, he got weight loss surgery, got the gastric sleeve um, surgery, and I saw how successful he was, and then he also – attained a passion for fitness and, and he, um, he and I, he kind of told me like, Hey dude, this is possible. I know we've all tried it, but you, you can actually do it. You can lose it and keep it off. Let me, let me help walk you through it. So he kind of helped me get started. Um, I started out, like I said, being kind of a foodie guy, my favorite kind of food is, is meat and, and, uh, you know, carbs, carbs are, are yummy. Don't get me wrong. But like my favorite food is just put a steak in front of me and I'm going to be super happy. So, um, I kind of started out doing, doing like a keto style diet, um, just monitoring caloric intake and, uh, with the help of my buddy Tanner kind of walking me through it and getting me into it. Um, so basically I, I, I went into like the whole like weight loss surgery aspect and started out doing keto style and, I actually lost like almost 90 pounds uh, just doing keto before my weight loss surgery. So um, I don't know if that answers your question. No, it does. It does. And what I'm curious about in there is when you started to make that change, what, what were the challenges? Like, you know, knowing that, you know, we, you know, the ways that you were using food before changing that behavior with a great motivation, I think helps like having that, that truly defined purpose makes a lot of sense. Like how, what was, you know, what were the challenges though, as you started getting into it? I think that the challenges were, were the mindset. The mindset was really what the, what the big challenge was. And I had to, I had to change my mindset. Um, so I had kind of a defeatist mindset in the past. Kind of, like I said, my buddy is, is who kind of showed me that, hey, it's, it's possible to actually just lose it and keep it off. So I, like, I, like I had said a little bit earlier, I had tried many, many diets. They've all, they, had, they had all been like mildly successful losing, I think, even up to like 50 pounds at some point. But I had never done anything that stuck, and my mindset was, was different this time in that I was doing it for a reason. I wasn't just doing it because, oh, I'd like to fit in a smaller t-shirt or, oh, I'd like to, 
you know, I, I had never done it for my health necessarily. I never did it for any other reason other than vanity. And uh, once I chose a reason that made more sense to me and something that I could really look at, it, it, it became much easier. And I, I, I always like to kind of say, and, and I still use this to today when, when people ask how I'm so passionate in the gym, is motivation lacks. Like motivation just doesn't last. It, it, it falters after a while. So you really have to find a reason to be determined to do something. And, and so I, I like to really, really look at, at motivation as, as temporary and, and kind of use determination in, in uh, use a reason to be determined to, to get what I want done. So I was determined to be healthy for my family. And that's really the only thing to change. And as soon as I was determined to do something, kind of like going through engineering school, as soon as I was determined to get that engineering degree, it was going to happen. It, it, it's just a, a matter of, of looking at it from a different aspect. So as soon as, as, soon as I, I switched that mindset, to be completely honest, there really wasn't any, any difficulty. As, as, as funny as it sounds, I, I think I was kind of fortunate in that way. I didn't, I didn't really have many setbacks. Um, I let myself, I didn't have like quote unquote cheat meals, but like I let myself indulge every once in a while just to kind of make sure that I'm not feeling negative about the diet because I, I, I'm, I thrive in negativity, unfortunately. As soon as something's negative, I, I fixate on it. And, and I know that that's something that I've, I've worked on quite a bit, but I made sure that I, that I didn't allow myself to feel negative about the weight loss and, and that it was all positive. Um, so I, yeah, I, I, I unfor um, well, fortunately I didn't really have any, mm -hmm. any setbacks, which was kind of nice. And what, whereas, no, you go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, I was gonna say, whereas in the past it was always like just pure frustration and pure, pure, like lack of control that, that was my issue. I, I would, I would do really well for two three months, lose 50 something pounds and then just say F it and and just fully relapse and go back. Understood, man. Understood. And so you found like and and I think that's really important what you said. Like I, I think it is I think motivation is is wonderful. Like and when people are motivated, like it's an incredible thing. And yet I know you're not saying it, it motivation is ever bad, but like you said, there are days where we're not motivated. There are days when we need something stronger than you wake up on fire and you're ready to go. It's, and it's that sense of purpose. It's that understanding of why it's important. You know, sometimes it's that sense of purpose that gets you through that place of here's this food that I really want to eat that I know I shouldn't be eating, but I'm going to do it. And I'm okay with doing it because, you know, screw the consequences, all of that be damned. And then you think about, okay, well, but why am I making these changes? You know, why is this important to me? Like being able to have that moment of reflecting on purpose can often be stronger than the, I don't want to do it. You know, the, all of those sensations, like it, it's good to have basically all of it in, in concert, you know, leads to success for people. So that, that's an important, an important thing, man. And was it the example of your friends, you know, your friend's experience that brought you to weight loss surgery? So, um, I think th that was kind of a, 
an outlet that I had considered in the past, but just seeing somebody close to home and, and when I call this guy a friend, it's even a, 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 an understatement. He was the best man at my wedding. Still, I talk to him every single day. Uh, when I saw that he was so successful with it, it, it went from being an option to being a fully viable option. Um, so that, that's kind of why I went down that, that pattern uh, of getting weight loss surgery. And which did you do the sleeve surgery like he did? Which one did you get? Yeah, I got the gastric sleeve. Um, so I don't know if you want me to explain what that is, or you can give a quick. There, it could be someone's first episode hearing someone talk about it. Yeah. So, so basically, what they do is they kind of cut your stomach because your stomach kind of looks like a kidney bean, and they cut your stomach from looking like a plump bean to more like a a tube, like a banana. Um, so they, they, they cut down like 80% of your stomach and just give you a physical limit on how much you can eat. So they cut it out, throw it away. It's gone forever. And what was your experience with the surgery? Like the actual prep and going through it? So, um, the prep, like I said, was actually relatively easy because I'm the kind of person, as soon as I have my mind to something, I, I'm, I'm going to do it. So I think they wanted me to lose like 30 pounds or something like that uh, before getting my surgery. So I started at like 420 and I ended up going all the way down to 330 by the time I got my surgery. Um, re reflecting on that, I probably didn't need it. I, I probably could have done well without it. However, like I said, I'm, I'm that person that once, once my eyes are set, I'm going to do it. So I told myself I was going to do it. So I did it. Um, after surgery, the first, let's call it the first year was, um, was very much just abiding by exactly what my doctor told me to do. And, um, so I went from 330 all the way down to like 210 pounds, just, being extremely strict on my diet, following following exactly what um, what I was supposed to do, the portion sizes. Because what's funny is if you accidentally even go over that portion, it, it feels like somebody is beating the crap out of your gut. Like it, it physically hurts. So the first year was was a little rough in terms of of how how you feel. Like I I, I felt very sick. Um, and I know 210 pounds to, to some people seems like that's still even a little bit heavy, but at six, one, 210, I was an absolute string bean. So, um, yeah, so it, ultimately I ended up gaining weight back and in retro, uh, in, in retrospect, I probably would have been better had I not done it. However, I'm still very much a proponent for weight loss surgery because I do think, that there are people who can highly benefit from weight loss surgery. Um, so even though personally, I kind of think I would have been better having not done it. Um, I would never say that, that I regret having it done necessarily. Um, and the other thing is, and I'm kind of moving forward, not talking past more present. Um, you can, actually stretch your sleeve back out and i've personally done that on purpose because of my newfound love for fitness and and powerlifting 
I, I just wasn't able to eat enough food to fuel my workouts um, when I had my stomach still restricted. So I, I kind of use utilize the, the method of like progressive overload to kind of progressively stretch my stomach out to where now I can eat a pretty manageable meal and I can actually eat enough if I want to gain some weight to put muscle on, I can eat enough to do that now, um, which which has has been very good. But back to your question uh, about like what the prep was like. So they start you out, they want you to lose that certain amount of weight. And then directly after surgery, you have to actually only do like a liquid diet for um, somewhere around two to four weeks. And then you have to slowly introduce real food. So you, you kind of feel like a little bird for a while. I remember um, one of the things that I used to eat quite often was ahi tuna because it was it was just something that my stomach was really, really okay with. But uh, I, I used to think it was so funny because the, the amount of food that I would eat to get me full was smaller than the palm of my hand. And it was, um, it was, a, it was a little interesting. Um, yeah. No, I think I, I think you hit on a couple of things, and obviously we're going to move into your new life with fitness and kind of that perspective, and I want to even dive a little more into what you were talking about with increasing your food, but I think in terms of, you know, one of the things you said actually, you know, kind of went into something you and I were talking about offline before we get started, you know, and that's that idea that it's about finding the right tool for yourself, and, you know, so like you said, even in the end, if you feel like, okay, you know, I could have done this without going the surgery route. There are people that surgery is a lifesaver because it what it ends up being the route that ends up changing their lives and saving it. And you know, I think that's what you're saying is that it doesn't mean just because you might reflect and say, did I need to do this or not? Like, you know, you can't change the past. You did it. So, you know, use what use what you have. But it also doesn't mean that someone's sitting there saying, oh well maybe I'll regret it after I do it. It's like, well, no, explore your options, explore the, the things that have worked for you and aren't going to work for you and, you know, find what you need to do. Because like you said, if you've got a purpose that's really strong, you know, and often, you know, a lot of the guys I talked to, their purpose had a lot to do with saving their lives and being more active with their families and being more active in just in life in general, accessing the world, you know, a lot, it's important, you know, to, to find the right path that allows you to not only be successful, but sustain it. And when did so let, let, let's get into kind of like that passion. And, and one of the things also, I think people out there here, you know, hearing them, hearing you say one thing I do want to say, like getting to 210 pounds, um, that was 210 pounds with extra skin. So you were, oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. were even a little lighter than that. So, I mean, that, that makes complete yeah, sense. Yeah, and man. probably 20, 20 or so pounds of skin that I have loose, to be honest. So yeah, in terms of like a like a, a lean, never been big kind of guy, that two ten is probably closer to like two or one ninety, one eighty. Who knows? I think I was down in terms of body fat percentage. If we want to talk about it that way, I was down somewhere around like twelve percent. So like very very lean. Um, extremely vascular. Like I look like a bodybuilder and I'm, I'm not a bodybuilder. Mm -hmm. I, I just look like a very skinny bodybuilder. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just, well, isn't that often like sometimes, you know, when people say, uh, maybe, maybe part of the joke is off color, but when people are like, well, okay, you have abs, but you're really thin. So that's, that's where some of that. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Where some of that definition comes from for people. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, whereas now at 250 and I see my ab line, I'm like, ooh, yeah, now mm-hmm. that's that's showing that I've got go muscles instead of show muscles. Oh, yeah. So where, where did the passion for fitness and lifting and all of that, when did that start to develop for you? Or where do, where do you, you know, when did that really come to the forefront? You know, honestly, it was kind of a redevelopment, if I'm being honest. Uh, so growing up, like I said, even at seventh grade, I was in football. I, I was in football my whole life. Um, I, as a matter of fact, um, I, I missed a part of my journey that really helped lead to my weight gain, actually. So I was in football uh, all throughout high school. Um, and I, I always, my favorite, favorite thing to do in football was actually just be in the gym and, and do the, the weight training and the strength training side. Um, so I, I kind of rekindled the passion rather than gained it um, when I started my weight loss journey. Uh, but I never thought that I was ever going to be able to lift again, honestly, because I tore my knee uh, my junior year of high school. And it, it knocked me out of out of football and out of out of fitness, honestly, and um, possibly even made me a little bit depressed and thought, like I said, I thought I'd never be able to lift again. Um, it wasn't until I started losing weight that my knee um, kind of fixed itself um, or in terms of the pain, because it, it's still technically torn, but I've strengthened strengthened it enough that that the tear doesn't bother me and I'm able to squat to full depth with 400 something pounds on my back no problem so um long story short I rekindled my love of in the gym but it kind of started just um I I'm I'm competitive and I'm competitive with with all of my friends and and family and Again, my buddy Tanner, he, he was in the gym, so I was going to give it a try and see if I couldn't be better than he is. Um, and I think he would argue as to whether or not I'm mm. better than him, but my lifts are higher, so I got him beat there. I hope mm. he listens to this. <laughs> uh, but, uh, like you're, you're the one on the show, so you get to make all the claims that you want to make, man. Exactly, exactly. I, honestly, he'd be a good guest, too. Mm. Um, but, um, you know, I, uh, I just – I really, really enjoy the – the, the feeling of focusing on the now instead of like with my ADHD, my brain is all over the place so often, but when you've got hundreds of pounds on your back doing a squat, if you're not focusing on, on the now, something's going to happen. So I, it, it really, really helps me like just kind of get into my own zone. Uh, got really, really loud, heavy death metal music and it's just it's it's me and the gym and i'm i'm battling it and uh it, it's it ends up being very cathartic uh as well and um when i when i'm not able to be in the gym i'm it, it i'm a different person whereas when i'm in the gym I, I come out of the gym with a big smile on my face no matter how no matter how hard i just beat my body down well it's that it's that cliche of iron therapy you know that you hear a lot of people talk about you know, oh yeah, for that, sure. You know, it's it's for sure. what we use things for. And do you think because I, I, I think also one of the questions that I, I in some ways relates to surgery, but to your overall experience, like how has in in all of this that relationship with food, you know, that you know, the food addiction side of things, like how has that developed for you? So 
I am, I very much still have a food addiction, like very much. Uh, as a matter of fact, I kind of did what, what like the bodybuilding side would refer to as a dirty bulk the last couple of months, um, and kind of gained a little bit more weight than I wanted to. Um, I'm, I'm a little bit more happy at like 230, 240. And right now I'm pushing 250, 255. Um, so I'm actually going to start a, a bit of a fat loss diet on Monday where, uh, cutting my carbs down and, and my fats down and try to do a bit of like a, a recomp style diet. But um, I would say in terms of my food addiction, I just have to, I have to really pay attention to myself and ask myself, why am I eating? Am I eating because I'm hungry? Am I eating because I just had a heavy workout? Or am I eating because I'm bored? Am I eating because I'm sad? Am I eating because I'm stressed? Why am I eating? And, um, usually I'm, I have the mental fortitude to answer that question. Sometimes I don't, unfortunately. So, um, I know that recently I've been stress eating cause, uh, I don't know if I said it already on this podcast, but kind of like you and I were talking before this, I just had a, a, another daughter. So my, my second daughter was born, uh, on the seventh. So she's only a week and two days old. And, um, and that definitely has brought a lot of stress into my life, obviously, just like it does. And, um, I have definitely been kind of doing some of that stress binge eating and, uh, talked with my coach about it a little bit and, and he and I are working on it. But, um, I, uh, my food addiction, unfortunately, probably will never go away. That's why it's an addiction, right? So I just have to make sure that, that I'm stronger than it, you know? And, and I know that I am stronger than the food addiction, just like I know everybody else is stronger than their, their addictions. You know, it's just a matter of, uh, of getting your mind right. So my mind, my mind wasn't quite right for a little while, but, you know, I'll get it back on track and, and be all good. Which I think is important for people to hear, because I think that it's, especially to anyone out there listening who is struggling with a food addiction themselves, like, I think too often we get into this mindset of, if I lose the weight, I make these changes, I get into fitness, like it's going to go away. You know, that there's a, that there's a quote unquote cure out there. That's going to hundred percent take things away. And I think they're like what you, the lesson you're living and a lot of people I know are living is that it's not necessarily that the food addiction goes away. It's that we get better at being mindful of it and understanding it and putting it in perspective and being able to like, I think that question you said, you asked yourself about, you know, why do, why am I eating now? Why do I want to eat now? Like, what is that purpose? Like that right there, you know, every time I see it posted on the internet, like I want to, I want to announce it, you know, kind of broadcast it out even further. You know, it's that idea of not just what's on your plate, but why am I putting something on my plate right now? Like, what is this purpose? And that mindfulness is what carries a person through. You know, it's not about getting to somewhere and having a finish line. You know, it's not about losing, you know, I, I had it, I was having a discussion with, with a client, you know, earlier this week and the big salient point that came through to me is that dealing with, with food challenges is not even in the end about, are you trying to lose weight? Are you trying to gain muscle? Are you working on maintenance? Like that's all mechanics. The other, the other stuff is still there. You know, the other challenges are still there and need to be mindful of them, need to have it at, at points, vigilance. And like you're also sharing, you know, and it's something I can very much relate to. It's that idea that there are times we realize that 
we we lost our way with that mindfulness or with that vigilance and need to get it back in focus because food doesn't stop you know it's not like you can go you know you can go x number of days without food but the reality is like you're going to have to eat at some point you're going to have to do it and yeah it's one of those weird addictions because like like when i quit smoking cigarettes and it's kind of funny you probably can hear me vaping right now but when i quit smoking cigarettes you know it was i could just not smoke a cigarette you can't not eat you you have to eat you don't eat you die right so uh, it, and i've been on this weight loss journey for three years now or at least on this specific journey so like I'm not fixed and I don't know if I'll ever be fixed. And I don't know if fixed is really the goal. I think the goal is just uh, do my best to, to stay on track. And when I get off track, kick my own ass and get back on track. So, No, I think you're right. I, and I think in the end, like it is about, it's about coming to peace with things where they're at. Like not just, you know, to relate it back to the metaphor you were talking about of, of when you're lift, when you're squatting heavy, you have to be present in that moment. I think it's the same thing when it comes to food and our relationship with food. Like be present oh, in the sure. moment of where you're at and don't chase a different condition because that that different condition may never come. You know, you, you see it in a lot of people when they talk about wanting to lose weight or specifically want to follow a, a certain way of eating. Like being in the keto space, I see it a lot. People who are like, I want to use keto to lose weight and then go back to eating what I was eating before. Right, right, and right. And it's like, okay – can I just get you to, to see the possibility that maybe what you were doing before in whatever form it changes into wasn't serving you? So why do you want to go back to something that wasn't serving you? Instead, address with what you're dealing, you know, address what you're dealing with and be okay with having to, to address it. You know, being okay with saying, these are things I have to be mindful of. It doesn't make me broken. It doesn't make me a bad person. It doesn't make me worse than anyone else. It just means this is the challenge that I face and this is what I need to work through. And I think there's a peace that comes through that acceptance, you know, and, yeah, and, no. and peace and perspective. Go ahead. And I was, I was going to kind of build on, on what you're saying. Cause, um, sustainability is such an important thing when it comes to weight loss. Um, you have to find something that you can sustain. Like I know for me personally, I don't do keto anymore because it's, it's not sustainable for me. Um, just, for, for a couple of reasons. One is, is my workouts and whatnot. But um, one thing that, especially with, with people who are just getting started, they, 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 keto is very attractive, right? Because it's like, oh, you, you're telling me I can eat steak and bacon and lose weight? Like, that's awesome. Like, and it totally is. Don't get me wrong. But what, what happens, I think, is when people eat keto and then they jump off of keto because it's not quite sustainable for them, for that specific person, um, they lose sight of, of macronutrients because like, uh, you know, protein is four grams per, uh, four grams of four calories per gram. And then carbs is four calories per gram. Fat is nine calories per gram. So I, I see a lot of people who are like, oh, well I'll reintroduce carbs, which is totally cool, but then they don't do their fat balance. Uh, or, or they don't realize that a donut isn't just a carb. A donut is a carb saturated with fat. So you're not just introducing carbs, you're actually increasing your fat intake. So it's like you got to make sure that you have that that fuel balance. And speaking as an engineer who's taken more physics classes than I'd like, um, you know, it's all thermodynamics and, and what, what you put in and what you put out. So 
um, you can only burn so much. And if you can't burn it all, it's going to get stored somehow. So, Oh, for sure. And that, and, and that, you know, not, not for us to tangent into this for too long, but I think, I think that's one of the things like, because it is possible to like, and you've shown it, like use keto in different ways and transition to something else. But what people miss is that proper transition, you know, but, and, and you, and it's that reality of like, changing if if keto isn't sustainable for you but you're doing it to chase you know a, a shirt size or a pant size or a dress size or whatever and you get there and then you immediately you know flood your body with all those foods that you weren't eating of course you're going to see not just regain but rapid because you've increased your insulin sensitivity and now you're throwing all of this food back in like you know it's it's that thing like when i work with someone who wants to transition out of a ketogenic lifestyle you know, when they reach their goals, we work on, you know, identifying what are the food, you know, you still need to think about what are the foods that make your body thrive. It's not about going back to what I want, you know, and that's to me is the thing I think people miss in sustainability too. It's not about finding what your body wants, you know, not what you personally want. It's about finding what your body really wants and needs, like finding how your body is going to thrive. And when you find that, make it work, do it you know, put the, put the work in and, and to identify it. Like it's, we, we live in a culture where we want things handed to us, you know, on so many levels. And I think the key to sustainable weight loss is about doing the work along the way, you know, doing that, you know, taking the quote unquote physics classes around food so that you understand what you're actually putting into your body and realizing that thermodynamics play a role it's not the only role, you know, there's so many other things that come into play there, you know, what your body's needs are and how you emotionally respond to different foods and all of that. And then physically how your body responds to them, but be willing to define that path for yourself. You know, that there isn't one answer for everyone. There isn't one best way for us all to move through this world. And if it takes some time to figure that out, that's okay. You know, that's, it's almost like you're better for it. You're better for going through that experience. Yeah, for sure. Last, last, last little sub thing I want to add to that. Like you said, we don't want to go off on too much of a tangent, but um, one thing when it comes to to diet and exercise, this is something that I that I very much live by, and, and perhaps this is this is my science background that really that really clings to this. But um, don't listen to dogma. Like dogma in terms of like. You have to do this, or or you're or you're bad. You have to count your macros, or you're bad. You have to eat keto, and if you go over twenty grams of, of carbs, you're gonna die. Like, let's let's put dogma to the side. Pay attention to why something works. Keto works because fat uh, fills you up usually faster, right? If you eat a bunch of fat, like you're gonna be full. So um, look at look at look at why something works instead of just kind of just dogmatically agreeing to something and, and knowing that the, well, the, the dogma says this, so I better do that. No, find out why it works. Find out if that works for you, because it won't always work for, for one person the same way it works for the next. And then, you know, if it works for you, awesome. If it's sustainable, awesome. If it's not, then take a step back, analyze why it's not working and see if you can change it systematically instead of dogmatically. No, I think that, that, that right there is a big thing. Like, and, and sometimes what you're going to see, like, especially if you're out there in the social media space is the dogma is backed up by quote unquote experts, you know, people who are like, well, this study showed this and this study showed, and it's like, great, 
But I will. My tell favorite you, bodybuilder does four by twelve every right. day, so I better do four by twelve every day. No, you're gonna get injured if you do four by twelve every single day. It's, it's, <laughs> it's literally realizing that at the end of the day, you're the only experiment that matters. Exactly. And if you find what works for you and allows you to be healthy, and allows you to live life the way that you want to live life, don't feel like you ever have to explain that to anyone else or justify it or anything along those lines. You know, do what you need to do to be successful and feel like you're you're living the life that you want to achieve. Uh, and let, let's let's talk about the life that you're living and that you want to achieve, man. Like you're, you know, one of the things you talked about is you're a very competitive person and you've you've got powerlifting in your IG handle. Like what, where has all of this brought you to now? Like what are the things that you're passionate about and working on now? Yeah, so um, one of the th- things like I thought would be a really cool thing to do when I first lost my weight was uh, somewhat ceremonial, be able to deadlift my old body weight, right? So I was 400 something pounds. I had a goal that I wanted to be able to deadlift my myself as um, kind of ceremonial, cathartic, um, you know, let's, let's see if I could really put my old body in my hands and say, I, I own you and you're mine. And, and I, you were a part of me at one point and I'm never going back to there again because I'm going to be able to control you. Right. So with that goal uh, of, of wanting to be able to deadlift myself, I kind of started going through a program and I, I just found that I really, really enjoyed it. So I, I really enjoy pushing myself to the limit um, I enjoy the um, kind of the the process of of strength training, um, but it, it just started with with me wanting to do that goal. And when I when I did that goal, um, my goal was to okay, well, I did four hundred. Maybe I can do five hundred now. Um, I did five hundred last year, and my next goal is I'm going to go ahead and do six. So um, and while I was making those goals, um, I found how to do it and fell in love with powerlifting. Um, the other thing that I kind of did, and I'm kind of, I don't know if I'm bouncing around too much, but the other thing that I kind of did was when the pandemic hit, I was lost, right? All the gyms shut down. I'm in California. So California probably had some of the most strict uh, sanctions of, of all of the states, right? And um, when the pandemic hit, all of a sudden, I wasn't able to go to the gym. I wasn't able to do any of that. So I, I, I knew that my goals were important. So my wife and I figured out a way to build a home gym. And if we're being completely honest, one of the easiest training methods when, when you have limited um, access to machines and, and, and weights and whatnot is powerlifting because you base your you base your training off of these three lifts and, and sure there are accessories. Don't get me wrong. There's, there's a lot of accessory lifts, but a barbell, some weights and a power rack, and you can do 90% of the accessories and you can get very, very strong, relatively quick. Um, as long as you put your mind to it and you know, I put my mind to it and I was really excited about it. Um, but yeah, that, that's kind of how it got started and then caught the, caught the bug or the bug bit me and, and still going. That's awesome, man. And what, what are, you know, you talked a little bit about, you know, you're, you're going to, you're going to start a bit of a recomp soon. Like 
What do you think are the things that are your biggest challenges right now? In terms of my my fitness or everything, my... you know, anything that anything that pops into mind when you think about that. Um, probably my biggest challenge right now is I don't have the ability to be super super consistent with my regimen, like exactly so like let's take a step back when i'm at work because like i said i'm on i'm on paternity leave and I'm, I'm still doing a little bit of work from home and whatnot but like when i'm at work i wake up at 5 30 i read my emails to get myself ready for the day i eat of um, my breakfast and then i go to work by 10 o'clock i'm ready for my my second meal by noon i'm ready for my third meal by three o'clock i'm ready for my fourth meal and then by five o'clock I'm ready for dinner and then I train at night so then I'll have a post-workout meal. So it's extremely regimented. And as, as somebody with ADHD, that works best. Now I, I understand that a lot of people would say, Oh, they don't, they'd rather have a little bit more flexibility in their life and that's totally fine. But somebody like me, whose brain is very scattered, if I don't have that specific regimen, I just simply won't eat and then I'll binge eat. So probably the hardest thing for me at this very moment is forcing myself to have such a strict regimen while I'm at home. Because at home, you have that like, oh, I'm at home. The, the fridge is right there. I don't necessarily need to meal prep and have everything exactly in, in order. And I don't necessarily need to do this, this, and that. But like personally, I do need to do that. Or else I just, I, I, I'll, I won't succeed. So like I meal prep every Sunday. Every single Sunday I make all of my lunches for the entire week. I don't meal prep my breakfast or my dinner because I allow myself to have a little bit of decision in my meals, but all of those middle of the day meals, my lunches and my snacks and whatnot, those are very strictly regimented exactly how many, how much I'm going to eat of those, those meals. So I just have to make sure that while I'm here at home, I'm using this same level of of consciousness and strictness that I have when I'm not at home. And I know that I think some people are, are the exact opposite, right? When you're at work, you're like, oh, well, I'm at work. I'm going to snack while I'm working or something like that. But that's just, that's not me. Um, and then probably in terms of like my fitness. So like I said, I have a home gym. So I, I'm at my, like I'm, I'm doing this interview sitting inside my home gym because it's kind of like my happy place, right? But like, um, in terms of my fitness, the only thing I'm worried about is you do lose some strength when you're on a fat loss diet. Um, it's temporary, but it's frustrating. And uh, as somebody who recently came off of having a, a shoulder injury, um, my bench press specifically had, had been really, really lacking from a shoulder injury. And um, it's really started to, to get back into, into the shape of things. And bench press is one of those that like, it's just categorically when you lose weight, your bench press goes down. So like, I just have to make sure that I'm mentally ready for that, that I'm going to see those numbers go down for a little bit. It's just, it's going to happen. But then once I get to my, my weight goal and I start reintroducing some more food and, and giving my body the energy, that bench will come right back. So I have to make sure that I, that I recognize that right now. It's one of the limitations of the fat loss diet. Hey, you're going to lose a little bit of strength. Don't worry about it. 
when you get back to where where you can eat in a maintenance caloric uh, in a calorically maintained level, that strength will come back. So just keep your keep your eyes straight, and you're going to be fine. Which I think there's a through line to all of that, you know, and that's that remaining mindful, you know, knowing, being able to identify what those challenges are and what the possible outcomes are and what you need to be ready for. And it's, it's that sense of preparedness. Like it makes complete sense that a, a new child coming into the picture has an impact on routine and all of those things. Like I, I'm working, I, I have a client who just had a, just had a baby and I was like, you know, Let's let's work on being conscious of, of what are the things you need to still be doing. Like let's let's work on realizing that not everything is always going to be you know sunshine and roses and you know children at some point develop a routine, but you know them even developing that routine can take as long as some of us to develop our own personal routines as adults. Like you know, there's so many different challenges you know that can be foreseen and unforeseen, and it's about being willing to react and be proactive as much as possible and, and put all of those pieces together. So I, you know, it, it's good that you're continuing to take those skills and continue to apply them as you move forward. Yeah. And I think you just have to be mindful of them, but also not dwell on them too much. Right. You want to like know what's going to happen, accept it and move forward. Um, one of the things that I'm, I'm kind of a sucker for turn of phrases and quotes and whatnot. Um, my buddy Tanner, I'll bring him up again. He, I don't know where he got this from, but I know that it circulates quite, quite often. Um, trust the process, do the work. So, and, and I, I, I have that as, uh, I have that as a big sticker right here on my deadlift platform. Every time I look down to pull the bar up, I see trust the process, do the work. Uh, I, I had that. I had that mindset when I was in my weight loss surgery, the process of weight loss surgery, trust it and make sure I'm doing my side of the work to get it done. I have it now while I'm training. I know that the process is to, to hit all my, all of my goals. And I know that my, my coach, I have a really, really awesome coach, uh, the muscle wizard on Instagram. Um, he tells me exactly what I need to do. And, and he and I talk with each other and, and he, he builds my program with me. I know that if I'm following what he tells me to do and I'm doing the work that the process is going to get me where I want to be. So, um, I, I kind of, I keep that, I, I, I trust that process and, and, and it's, it's hard to trust, right? It, it's, it's hard to, but, um, as long as I'm doing my work and I'm doing what the, what the, as long as I'm following that process, I know that, that what I want will happen either sooner or later, it's going to happen. So, well, I, I have no doubts about that, man. You've, you've based, you've, you've shown us what happens when you, you trust the process and do the work, you know, these past couple of years and you've got yourself set up for continued success going forward. Well, thank you. So, Zach, I have really appreciated you diving into your story today here on the show, and I know there's so much more to know about you and everything that you're doing. If anyone listening is curious and wants to follow along with your journey, where do they find you? So, my Instagram is Peacock Powerlifting. Uh, my last name is Peacock, kind of, kind of on the nose there. Um, also, on my my um, TikTok is Peacock Powerlifting. Um, I don't know. I, are you okay if I do a little shout out for a bariatric group that I admin as well? Sure, definitely. So, um, 
I also am an admin for kind of a bariatric support group. Kind of, um, it's just a place that a lot of people can can get down and talk about their struggles, talk about fitness, talk about um, their journey, or even just ask questions. Um, and that's uh, bariatric gym rats. So we're we're kind of a a group specifically where we all want to hit the gym and and do our best inside the gym. So. If that's something that interests you, that's in, in Facebook, Bariatric Gym Rats. Uh, that is for bariatric patients. I know this is more just weight loss in general. Unfortunately, that is just bariatric patients because they're we're a little bit different in our in our requirements. Kind of like I said, I have to eat like five day, five times a day just to make sure that I don't lose weight nowadays. <laughs> Understood, man. Understood. And that makes complete sense. And I and I think it's good to find, you know, for anyone out there, you know. Not just finding general support for a weight loss journey, but finding that specialized support can be really important. You know, yeah, finding sure. those, not just the people that have been through what you're going through, but have the resources, you know, to, to assist in that support. So I will make sure that there are links to your social and to that group in the show notes today. Man, I end every episode with five questions I call the Fat Guy Five. Are you ready for your run through those questions? Let's do it. Okay. So question number one, tell us, Zach, living or dead, who is your favorite fat guy? Living or dead, my favorite fat guy is Jack Black. There we go. I like it. Love Jack Black. (laughs) That's awesome, man. Question number two. Tell us, what is one lesson that being a fat guy taught you? One lesson that being a fat guy taught me is um, everybody's going through things that you can't see. as a fat guy, you have a lot of internalized feelings and some people are more vocal with it. Some people aren't. Um, I remember I I used to not be able to tie my own damn shoes. Like some people don't know what that's like and, and you don't know what it's like for other people to live and nobody knows your struggles, but you also don't know theirs. So kind of look, take everything somebody says with a grain of salt. Everybody's been a child at, at some point. Everybody knows what it's like to not have control. So give people the benefit of the doubt, and, and usually you'll be surprised at, at how society acts. I think that's a great message, man. Question number three, Zach, if someone out there listening does want to get their journey towards better health started today, what is one concrete thing they can do? One concrete thing you can do to start a weight loss journey is figure out why you want to do it. I think it's, it's very important, kind of like I said earlier, to have a reason. If you're just doing it for vanity, I mean, technically, if that reason is strong enough for you, go for it. But like, um, I know for me and for many of the people that I've talked to, if, if you don't have a, a very specific reason why you want to lose weight and, and it's a real reason and not a made-up reason – I've seen a lot of failure occur. So find out why you want it. Make sure that why is important enough and just give yourself time. I love it, man. And I think that is something like one of the things when someone says, you know, I want to, I want to lose weight to fit in these clothes or I want to look this way. You know, I always then say, why is that important? You Mm -hmm. know, keep asking yourself, why is this important? So you feel like you have a really good understanding and a grounding in what your purpose is. Definitely. For sure. Question number four today, Zach, tell us, what is one thing about yourself that you love? One thing about myself that I love. I love, uh, that's an interesting question, right? Um, probably the one thing that I like about my, that I love about myself is uh, my 
determination. Um, I'm a very determined person and um, I'm, I'm also caring. So I, and I'm determined to be a caring person. So I would say my determination is what I love about myself. I like it, man. And final question today. Tell us, Zach, what is one goal you have for the next year that is not health, fitness, or weight loss related? I My goal for this year is to have my professional engineer's license. So I passed my uh, – there's kind of a – you have to do three tests to have your license after having practiced as an engineer for a certain amount of time. I've passed one of those three tests, and I'm waiting to get approved to be able to take the next two tests. And uh, I know that for myself, both personally, professionally, and for my family, uh, financially, when I get that license, um, it's going to be a, a 360 on how I'm able to live. So that's that's my goal for this, this year. That sounds awesome, man. And with your determination, I, I don't think if there's any doubt that you'll get there. So... That'll be awesome thank to you. see. So, Zach, a big thank you again for coming on the show. I, I, I really appreciate your willingness to not only share your journey, but your thoughts and feelings on it and everything that you've been through. Awesome. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was, uh, it was, it was a great time. Um, this is my first ever podcast, so uh, it was really fun. Cool. And like I said, everyone, I'm going to put Zach's information in the show notes today. So if you want to connect with him, check all of that out. You can always connect with me as well on Instagram at Gourmet Goes Keto, on Twitter at Gourmet Goes Keto. You can email the show at thefatguyforum at gmail.com. And if you're interested in, in anything that I talk about and do for work with people, you can go to theketoroad.com. So my friends, after you connect with everyone, go out there today and do something to amaze yourselves because you are the most amazing people that I know. Then come on back and catch us here on the Fat Guy Forum. 